Speaker Step Series. I'm a recovered alcoholic. My name is Rebecca. Thanks for joining us tonight. In a minute, we're going to start our two-minute meditation, so please take a moment to get situated. Please turn off all devices that make noise that might or will distract others. Take this time to get connected to God. Let the craziness of the day drift away and ask God to help you stay focused on the step study tonight. Is everybody ready? If so, let's start the meditation.
we're going to do the fog light prayer. God, let your love shine through me like a fog light so those who are lost, sick, and dying can find your love through me. There's a solution from the big book, page 17. The tremendous fact for every one of us is that we have discovered a common solution. We have a way out on which we can absolutely agree and upon which we can join in brotherly and harmonious action. This is the great news this book carries and to those who suffer from alcoholism. I've asked Rob to read an appendix to spiritual experience. We read this because the main purpose of the 12 steps is to have one, so it's kind of important to know what one is. Hi, Rob. Spiritual experience. It's a spiritual experience and spiritual awakening we many times in this book, which upon careful reading shows that the personality change sufficient to bring about recovery from alcoholism has manifested itself among us in many different forms. When we see that our first printing gave many readers the impression that these personality changes or religious experiences must be in the nature of sudden and spectacular upheaval. Happens for everyone, this conclusion is erroneous. In the first few chapters, a number of sudden revolutionary changes are described. Though it was not our intention to create such an impression, many alcoholics have nevertheless concluded that in order to recover, they must acquire an immediate and overwhelming God consciousness, followed at once by a vast change in feeling and outlook. Among our rapidly growing membership of thousands of alcoholics, such transformations, though frequent, are by no means the rule. Most of our experiences are what the psychologist William James calls the education, educational variety because they develop slowly over a period of time. Quite often, friends of the newcomer are aware of a difference long before he is himself. He finally realized that, realizes that he has undergone a profound alteration in his reaction to life, that such a change could hardly have been brought about by himself alone. What often takes place in a few months could seldom have been accomplished by years of self-discipline. With a few exceptions, our members find that they have tapped in an unsuspected inner resource, which they presently identify with their own conception of a power greater than themselves. Most of us think that this awareness of a power greater than ourselves is the essence of our spiritual experience. Our more religious members call it God consciousness. Most emphatically, we wish to say that any alcoholic capable of honestly facing the problems, his problems in light of our experience can recover provided that he does not close his mind to all spiritual concepts. He can only be defeated by an attitude of intolerance or belligerent denial. We find that no one need have difficulty with the spirituality of the program. Willingness, honesty, and open-mindedness are the essentials of recovery, but these are indispensable. There is a principle which is a bar against all information, which is proof against all arguments, and which cannot fail to keep a man in everlasting ignorance. That principle is con contempt prior to investigation. Herbert Spencer. Please refrain from disturbing others by talking or constantly getting up and sitting back down. This is a tech-free meeting, so set your phones to airplane or meeting mode or just turn it off. We have session two with Paulette tonight. She's going to have a beautiful, beautiful message for us, so let's give her a warm welcome. get my coffee. <laughs> this is my favorite room. It's intimate. 
and I think it's the perfect room for alcoholics like me to get together with people like you and to um, and to have the spiritual experiences that we do go through when we gather together. And um, I'm so grateful to be here tonight. Um, I want to thank Alcoholics and God um, group of Alcoholics Anonymous for allowing the, an alcoholic like me to give back um, what's so, what was so freely given to me, especially in times when I don't feel like doing this. And I am not one of those alcoholics who's always jumping for joy when you call me to ask me to do service. Um, because it takes, it means I have to take a look at myself. Um, I am not one of those alcoholics who can do it by um, um, osmosis or um, memory. Uh, I have been taught how to go back into the book every time that I am asked to speak at a group of Alcoholics Anonymous because it is about the truth and where I'm at with the program of Alcoholics Anonymous. So it means work for me. But after getting here and uh, and getting some of the energy that I get from um, you guys, I am transformed. Um, my friend Doc, who, whose anniversary is today, um, his AA anniversary is today, um, tell, um, he's, we have a, a, had a conversation the other day, and he said to me, he says, you know, after coming into AA, he says, I believe that the people like us who stick and stay went through a conversion. We were converted. And I thought about it for weeks because I couldn't, I wanted to process it. And I've come to understand what he meant by it. So, yeah, um, I believe that today. Anyway, let's get started. We are on step two, as Rebecca so lovingly reminded us. Um, thank you, Rebecca, for your service. Um, thank you, Lorraine. Lorraine is one of my sponsees. Today is her belly button birthday. And she... Um, and to show that this, per this program works when it, you work it, an alcoholic like me will not give up my birthday to come take a, my, sponsor, my sponsor to a meeting. But yet she surprised me that was her gift. And so I said, you get, you're growing up nicely, Lorraine. Um, and so that's wonderful. So I can tell you that's what happens to us when we live this way of life. We start doing things for people, and, uh, and we don't look for rewards in return. Anyway, um, I am an alcoholic, if you haven't heard that by now. Um, and I am a member of the One Day at a Time group of Alcoholics Anonymous, located in Miramar. And my home group meets every Wednesday night at 8 p.m., I am sponsored, and I sponsor. To me, that's the difference between work and working. I do have a sober date, and my sober date is January 28, 1995. And my name is Paulette. Hey, Paulette. Hello, my fellow travelers. And um, I'm going to do um, 
please indulge me. I am going to be saying my set-aside prayer that was handed to me by my previous sponsor, Dorothy H. Um, this is her version of it, and, and, I, and now it is mine. It helps me to be centered and balanced and keep me right size. And it goes like this. Dear God, please set aside everything I think I know about myself. This book, my disease, these steps, and especially everything about you, dear God. So that I may have an open mind and a new experience with all these things. Please help me to see the truth. Thank you for your indulgence. So we are on step two. And you know what I do, right? I have to read it the way it's written. Because an alcoholic like me like to make stuff up. And so what I would do is put words in there because I realize that I like to rationalize my thinking. Step two. To um, believe that it will make me, mot motivate me to work harder and do the step as, and, and be good at it. That's my thinking. So I still read the steps at, at every time. Step two says, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. What a wonderful promise. It's wonderful. Um, Mike Chase asked me to behave myself tonight. Um, I don't know when I have misbehaved, but, um, but I like to have fun when I am sharing my experience, strength, and hope in how these steps work for me. Friend of mine, Robin, Robin tell, um, talks about taking the steps off the shade, and, um, and I identify with that. I woke up this morning. By the way, you know I'm going to be talking about how the step works in my life. You know that's my personal experience, strength, and hope. So I won't be taking your inventory. I am telling you how it works for me to help you if I can. I, and, um, and that's how this it works for me. I like to break the steps down in piecemeal at a time. Step two is about piecemeal at a time for me. And that's where I learned how to do it. Piecemeal at a time, I break it up because it helps me to understand what it is asking me to do if I want to get better a day at a time. Remember, I'm not cured. I've only um, been relieved 24 hours a day at a time of this de deadly disease that I possessed. And by the way, my disease grows as much as my recovery grows. That I know for sure. And so um, I woke up this morning. That in itself is a blessing. Um, never used to think that way. Um, I used to say when I woke up and I saw the sun out, I would say, oh, damn. Uh, I, so I hear laughter, so I know you did the same thing I did. Um, but I say that to tell you how my thinking starts. As soon as I open my eyes, my mind starts. See, Dr. Silkwork already told me that my disease lives in my mind. I have an obsession of the mind, an analogy. 
I know that I have to have complete abstinence from this, this disease that I have in order for me to grow and to get better and to become recovered. I need to have complete abstinence from alcohol because I believed everything wholeheartedly because I could identify with what Dr. Silkworth told me. That every time that I am irritable, ill at ease, or discontented, my mind goes back to a place where I can find comfort and ease. And my mind eliminates the trouble I got into the last time. It only reminds me of the wonderful romantic glow and wonderful people I met in the bars and how lovely they were. It romanticized everything about my last drinking spree. So I know my mind is out to get me. I believe what Dr. Silkworth talks about, identify. So coming into step two, I am not a happy camper. I don't know about you. Because now, what do I do? Uh, in the 12 and 12, Bill Wilson says, the, 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 um, the newcomer says, you've got me over a barrel. What should I do now? What's my next move? If you're an alcoholic like me, in the past, I've always got different moves. Plan A, plan B, plan C, plan D. Now I don't have any moves. I don't have any plan. I'm at your mercy. You're going to take advantage of me. I'm an alcoholic who manipulated every single human being that ever crossed my path. Now I'm in the other side, the other shoe, and you have to, you, I am at your mercy. Fear. I am very disturbed. And when I say that, there's a part on page 27, I think it is, in the 12 and 12 at the top of the page, where the sponsee or the newcomer says to the sponsor, I actually, I must look it up because I had it. I, it's called the gift of laughter. I don't know about you, but I am an alcoholic that forgot what it was like to have a natural laugh. I faked everything, including laugh. So that when I got here, my cheeks hurt physically. And so I understood when I read that recently in the, in the daily reflection, but it is from the 12 and 12 step two, the gift of laughter. And I am going to read it because it's, it's relevant to where I want to go with how this works in my life today. And it says at this juncture, which means at that point where I am no longer can take a drink. I am 100% sure that I have got the disease that you say I have. I can identify. I have no problem with this. I know it. My problem is what to do next. And it says at this juncture, I call it my first jumping off point. His AA sponsor usually laughs which used to give me a resentment with old-timers. 
Because everything I said back then, you guys laughed. Now remember, I am very sensitive. Everything is about me. You are absolutely laughing at me. I am just full of self, egocentric. I am so full of self, I can't stand myself. And so he says, the newcomer thinks that this is just the last straw. Can't drink, can't do nothing, no mood altering substance. I can't do nothing, I just have to sit and take whatever you give me. As an alcoholic, one of my um, characteristics is being defiant. And so where does that defiant go? What do I do with it? And he says, this is the beginning of the end. And that is true for me. The end of my old life and the beginning of my new life. It is scary to boot. Words cannot express how I felt back then. So when I got up this morning, my mind went to my running. I have a running tab in my head of things that I need to get done. As soon as I open my, my eyes, that task list just pops up like the screen, like my computer screen. And the thought occurred... Maybe you should just call out sick. You know, you have that kind of mind. We're out of the blue. Sheep just pops up. And you're like, how does that relate to what my list is? Excuse my French. I'm trying to stop cursing. And, um, and, and then I realized, not only have I been granted a new day, but I have a task list. I can choose what I want to do. And my choice was to have quiet time with the God of my understanding. That's now. Back then, I didn't have that choice because I didn't know that then. So I use that to show you that it takes time to get to where you can have that choice Step two is a beginning of that for me. And so when he says, it is the emerging into a new one, the, the sponsor says, take it easy. You don't have to take this all at once. If you're an alcoholic like me, you want it all. I want it overdone right now. Let's get it done now. That's not how this works, Paulette. And so he says, this is what I wanted to say. I know step two is the beginning of a new life, how to do it. So let's start with the last word. I break it up in pieces. Sanity. Now, I just told you about my mind this morning. It means soundness of mind, but I will go back to the, word, the, the definition that Bill uses in the, 12, in the big book on page 37, because it fits me to a T, by the way. Remember, I'm not talking about you, I'm talking about me. Um, but on 37, 
There is a definition that Bill talks about that I absolutely agree with. And he says, and I'm going to start at the bottom of 36, just to give you a clue of what insanity means to this alcoholic. Bill says, thus started one more journey to the asylum for Jim. You could put my name there because that's where I came out of to come to you. Here was the threat of commitment, the loss of family and position. That was me. To say nothing of that intense mental and physical suffering while drinking, which drinking always caused me. I had much knowledge about myself as an alcoholic because you guys showed me it in step one. So I've got the knowledge. I know what I have. I know what the problem is. Yet all reasons for not drinking was easily pushed aside in favor of that foolish idea. What is an idea, my dear fellow travelers? An idea is a thought that overshadows any idea that means my idea that he's talking about. It's in italic, by the way, which means that it's very important because they paid a lot of money to put it in italic when they wrote the book. So it's very important for me to remember. When he puts idea, he's talking about the obsession. Because that's how I think. My idea is always obsessive. And so he says, I will do anything, in anything within my power to make this idea becomes real. It means that Every other things that you might want to tell me is going to be pushed aside because my idea will overshadow everyone. And so he says, the idea, the obsession that I can take whiskey if only I put it with milk. I identify with that thing kind of idea and thinking. You see, everything I've done starts with a thought. You guys showed me that. It's a thought. Now, if that thought is not checked, left to my devices, I will water that thought, that idea. I will nurture it. And I will make love to it until it becomes real. How does it become real? By my actions. So he's saying here, it's only a matter of time before I think that. So the knowledge about my alcoholism is not going to be enough. So he says, whatever the precise definition of this word Maybe we can call it plain insanity. How can such a lack of proportion, after going through all those many, many times, how could that be? Could it be I lack the ability to think straight? 
Oh my God. <laughs> if you're an alcoholic like me, and you are telling me I can't think straight, I don't know about you, I take offense. <laughs> Yet my record shows. Because you can't beat your record. You can't make it up. You know to your innermost self what your record shows. You cannot be thinking straight when you already know. He said, how could, you not, how could it be not called anything else but plain insanity? The inability to think straight. My first sponsor, Philip B., told me, he said, in early sobriety, and I didn't even read this part in, 30, in, in page 37. He said, Paulette, when you get an idea, run it by me. I was offended. <laughs> He's talking about this kind of thinking. Can't think straight. Lack the proportion to balance out things. To make right decisions, choices. To make real good choices. My judgment is screwed up. You see the people I used to hang out with. You could tell. Show me your company. I tell you who you are. You know everything about my life. Told me exactly. What had happened. So when he says this. He says. And, you, and then he says. You may think you are an extreme case. I mean building. He didn't really hold no punches about this. He said. To us, it is not far-fetched for me to understand this. Because remember, it's about being honest about me for the first time. You can't turn back. You can't unwrong the bell. And so when step two says this, he says, My sound reasoning failed to hold me in check. No alcoholic can ever Ever claim soundness of mind. If you could, you wouldn't be here on a Thursday night hanging out with me. So that my thinking. So my the idea that I cannot think straight sets me into this part. It's not about the fact that when I drank. I did crazy things. That's not insanity for me. Insanity for me is the thought that proceeds before I pick it up. That's the insanity. It's my thinking, my dear fellow travelers. It's the same thing when I think about somebody who step on my toes. Somebody messed with me a couple days ago. And my mind said, don't they know who I am? <laughs> because right away in my thinking, I am planning an execution. <laughs> it doesn't go away. It just keeps going. Left unchecked. I could get into trouble. And then I do my serenity prayer and pray for the person because those things work. And, 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 and so he's talking about, um, he's talking about 
the state of my mind. Because see, if my disease lives in my mind, then recovery must occur in my mind. It has to take place. So it has to be with my thinking. And that has been my experience to date. It hasn't changed yet. And so what happens is, now I know. Now it says here, came. That one word bothered me for a long time in early sobriety. Because I was one of those people that thought I was going to rewrite the big book. Thank God for sponsorship. Uh, and um, yeah, first of all, I didn't like Bill Wilson. Because I didn't think he, how could he know about me? And then as I kept reading, as my sponsor suggested, Paulette, keep reading. And he would laugh. Keep reading. Today I understand a little bit more and how blessed we are to have these things write down, written down. By the way, guys, you cannot live this way of life, and I am telling you this from experience, without a big book, without a, another recovered alcoholic, doesn't have to call them a sponsor or whatever you want to, but they have a working knowledge of how this 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous has worked in their life. It, that's what it means when they say the working knowledge. You cannot take the same sick mind to cure the same sick mind. You need somebody to guide you through it. Because I, I've, I've done it and it doesn't work. Everything I'm telling you is taken from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, the 12 and 12, and some of the conference approved AA books. Constantly looking to find more ideas, more ways, paths to grow spiritually. Because this is about establishing a new home in which I am about to live. I'm starting from scratch, ground zero, a slab of concrete. I am about to build a new house. Now, God is the architect. God, as I understand God, but I am the builder. That means I got to do work. Came is action. The word came. It's, it's force, movements, action. What action should I take first? So let's take the word belief. What does belief mean? And I tell you this because I've had to do these things for my mind to grasp it in early sobriety. How this is written, it's a way that speaks to my spiritual experience and growth. I had zero when I got here. A belief, a mental acceptance or habit in placing trust and confidence in something or someone else. I understood that. Why? Because I had placed a mental habit and acceptance in my Bacardi. It worked. It worked. It made me be successful. I could achieve everything that I had on my, my, um, my ambition plan. I was successful until it stopped working. So I understand what belief is. I know how it works. Works up till it stopped working with alcohol. What this is telling me is, Replace it with something that will never stop working. I don't know about you, but that's a pretty good deal. 
Because I had something that almost killed me. Now it says, belief here, it says, put your mental acceptance and habit in place in trust in someone or something else other than you. How cool is that? Early sobriety, I didn't think it was so cool. Because I did not know what trust meant. But what happens to me while I am discovering the belief system that Bill is talking about in two, what happened to me in that is that it tells me something. It says one of the things that I had to believe in was look at my old belief system first. My old belief system was made up for me by the time I was eight years old. And I'm not even telling, I'm telling, I made a plan. So I, I, what I believed in, a good home, great job, education. Wasn't so keen on having a good relationship with you guys. That wasn't on my list. But one of the things, all of this was great work ethics, hard working, to be a success at life. That was my belief system based on, and the religious training of my mother. That was my belief system that I came in here when I was bankrupt. And by the time I got here, I didn't even remember this. Because self-sufficiency was what I operated on. I'm thinking about how self-sufficiency was the fuel I ran on, which was also Helped along with the more I drank, the more self-sufficient I became until it stopped. And so what is happening is here. And then that's the power I derive from that. That's a power. That is the power. My thing was I was winning at life. You couldn't tell me I wasn't until I stopped and nothing was working. My ego wouldn't allow me to do it, to admit that. I fed my ego by taking your inventory. This is how I challenged my, my, my belief system. I had to look at that. How do I feed my ego to make me feel better? I called you hypocrites. Trying to be better than. What, and look what they're doing. Look how they live in. You know, this is how I looked at my, um, I remember my mom years ago, one of the wonderful, the most, this is the first person who showed me what spiritual life looks like. And I did not think it was worth its weight in gold. Yet I had it and threw it away. And she taught me, my father came to visit us after years of abandoning us. And my mother received him like how the prodigal son was received and I was so mad at her. I remember saying to, I was so mad at her. How could you forgive this man and receive him the way after he left us to die? What kind of woman does that? And my father walks into our home that he never ever took care of, none of his responsibility. And my mother is having a conversation as if they have never had a crossword between them. And I'm baffled by the way when I think about it and when and my father said I came to see my children 
We're all grown now. And he looked over at me and I'm standing behind my mother because I want to strangle him. And my mother, and he says, I heard that you are working. You had your first job. I hope you can take me out to dinner. And I swallowed my spit because I knew what I wanted to say. And I looked at my mother and her eyes said, don't open your mouth. And my father goes up to my brother's um, quarters where they lived. And I was 18 years old. My mother turned to me and she said, you are to allow people to have their condemnation. And I was like, what? You should have thrown him out the door. Came to believe that belief system that my mother has. Had. She was teaching me years ago. That I can allow people to believe that they are who they are. And accept it. Without having any feeling behind it. Be happy for them. This, I was 18. And I couldn't believe that this was in my home. My mother was showing me that. I was self-righteous. I was better than. I was going to show my dad that this is the way you treat people. And yet, I was bloated with egoism. Sometimes too good for my own use. Thinking I'm too smart. This is my belief system. Floating above the rest of you average Joe. This is the kind of ego I possessed. So my belief system is based off that. So it's only a matter of time before it's challenged and I come to you guys. And you guys start to laugh at every little thing I say. <laughs> and you're like, some of you are not even have any any. any it didn't even care to spare my feelings. You told me right into my face. Shut up. Sit down. Shut up. Sit in front. And I'm like, oh my God. What happens? My belief system. You said a power. You became my power. This is the gradual process. Bill Wilson had a white light moment. I didn't. And in every step of the way of living this design for li living with working and practicing the steps, it's been a gradual process for this alcoholic. My belief system changed a little at a time, just like the book says, just small. What happened was, what happened was, That's for me, right? <laughs> so what happened was, you guys, every time I made an AA meeting in early sobriety, you changed my belief system by when, how you looked, how you sounded, your life was changing. Some of you look horrible. And when I saw you the first time, second time you started to look good. Third time you were saying, you were putting sentences together. People were talking. People were living. Some of you were at homes. Some of you were paying bills. I, power greater than me was a gradual experience. 
through the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous and through my sponsor. I say that to you through this belief system. I had a sponsor nine months he, he lived for. He sponsored me for nine months. He died before I made a year. That man, his belief system changed my mind. It opened it a little bit more wider. The people in the rooms and my sponsor and the things you guys told me and I grudgingly did it opened my belief system. So I started to maybe I could trust you guys because you were showing me results. The book says prodigious results. And so I know my belief system was a gradual. That's why that word came is important. Had to do something in order to make the mind open a little bit more and to overshadow the obsessive mind or ideas that comes. Because I used to be the one that acted out on impulse. My thinking, therefore I'm acting. And so what is this power? What is this power that you got? You were my power in the beginning. But the book tells me there is something more permanent. And if you're an alcoholic like me, I, I like permanency. And I like to have the best of everything. Um, being sober doesn't take that away. It just means the qualitative content changes. What I used to value, it's changing. That's the gradual change. My belief system is changing. Therefore, my, my power greater than is not you anymore. It had to happen. If I was going to move forward as step two promise. Because he says burning the idea of me. Through my calamity. Pumps and circumstances. All my dramas. Hello drama queen here I come. <laughs> he said under all of that. There was the idea of God. And then he says something that is wonderful in the book. This is why I bring it up. I think it's on page 25. I think so. I'm going to look. Because I want to read it to you. When he says that, I think so. I'm going to find it for you. Okay. He says here, in We the Agnostic, by the way, for those of us who are still on the, on the fence, trying to figure out about this God consciousness, please reread this chapter many, many times. I still dig into it. Nuggets. Page 45 says, lack of power was my dilemma. Powerlessness drove me here. How do I recover a day at a time if I'm going to stick and stay? Because it's not about stop drinking for me. It's about staying stop. How do I live sober? And he says, lack of power was my dilemma. A dilemma, choice between two. I had to find a power, Bill says, by which I could live sober. And it had to be a power greater than me. It's in italic, very important. Obviously, but where and how was I to find this power? Well, this is exactly what this book is all about, ladies and gentlemen. That's why I said get a big book. 
Because he said its main object, this book, it has an object, the main one. So I'm giving you the cheat sheet. Main object is to enable you to find a power greater than you. Now I know you stay lazy like I do, sloth. But they told me in early sobriety, you want to hide anything from an alcoholic, put it in the big book. (laughs) I have found that to be true for me. At times when I want to find something, go to your big book. It's in there. And he says, this power that will help me solve my problem. My problem is alcoholism. It's a disease that's incurable. So if I can get this power... And remember, this power is not an assistant. It's not a helper. It's not a bestie. It says it could restore me to sanity, so it has to be powerful. Because I know my mind. They used to tell me in beginner's meeting, if you have to go up in your head... Take somebody with you. So I know that power has to be that great. And so by the time I read this, I was like, okay. And it says, this means we have written a book which we believe having a mental acceptance and habit in placing trust in something or someone. This book. This book. It says, if I do that, we believe to be spiritual. This book is. So you are looking for a spiritual experience, ladies and gentlemen, my fellow travelers. Spiritual experience. This book, as well as moral, then it says, and it means, of course, That we are going to be talking about God. God as I understand God. Through step two. I could swallow my spit when that word was said. I thank you so much. For your generous listening. And we'll continue with. Our belief system changing into faith. Next week. Thanks. And let's thank the speaker one more time. And here's Brandon with our secretary's report. Hi, my name is Brandon, and I'm your recovered alcoholic secretary. In keeping with the seventh tradition, which states that every group shall be fully self-supporting, declining outside contribution, the baskets are now going around. We also have QR codes on the chair backs. I've asked Corinna to come up and read the recovered statement. We read this notice to explain why people in AA identify as recovered rather than recovering and what it exactly means to be a recovered alcoholic. Hi, family. My name is Corinna DeLeo. I'm a recovered alcoholic. No. Okay. Hi. Oh, there we go. 
We are not cured of alcoholism, recovered but not cured. That presents a conflict to some alcoholics. If we, if we were cured, we would be able to drink responsibly. No, we are not cured. The allergic reaction to alcohol will remain with us for our lifetime. But we have been restored to sanity. That was the problem. The main problem of the alcoholic centers in his mind rather than his body. Page 23. We are now sane where alcohol is concerned. Consequently, we have recovered. Uh, 1940 style big book sponsorship from the forward to the second edition Alcoholics Anonymous of alcoholics who came to AA and really tried 50% got sober at once and remained that way 25% sobered up after some relapses and among the remainder those who stayed on with AA improvement showed showed improvement what we seen felt came to believe and experience is that God has not changed over time and neither should the sacred approach back to his loving arms. The statistics above suggest a 75% success rate. If anyone is needing a sponsor, please raise your hand. Okay, we got one. And can the recovered alcoholics please raise your hand? Awesome. Uh, if your hand was not raised, we suggest you hang out with the peoples who were. And then screen announcements. Intergroup is where you can buy AA-related literature, medallions, and Intergroup is also responsible for creating our wear and win and scheduling the AA hotline. Stop by and visit them. Next slide. Uh, Broward County Institutions Committee is responsible for bringing meetings into places where people like us can't get to an AA meeting, such as jails, detoxes, and rehabs. They meet monthly to organize the meeting schedules at the 12th Step House. Next slide. Uh, Men's Florida Advance. Next one. All right, we have Paulette until May 2nd. She's killed it every week, so continue to come. Uh, and then Monday nights, we have our big book study group here in this very room at 7.15, fellowship at 6.30. And we have CDs, mugs, large print big books, and we have little red dictionaries and big book dictionaries for sale. We meet here every Thursday starting promptly at 7.15, and we ask that you be courteous and ready to begin at the sound of the bells. See you next week. We have tonight's session and all past speakers' podcasts at alcoholicsandgod.org. I'd like to invite everyone to our Monday night big, bi- big book study. And those who wish to thank tonight's speaker, please line up down the center aisle. Now let's do the Lord's Prayer in our seats. Our Father, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom.
smiling The whole world Smiles with you Yes, when you laughing
Chase, here's that song you've been asking me for for a million years. I finally pulled it out the pulled it out the corners of my mind, and um, here you go.
God bless. I love you, Mike Chase. Bye.
Tea. 